Hello, and welcome to Travel Therapy. I'm your host, Stuart Katz. In this podcast, we explore how mental illness is treated and destigmatized across the globe. What can we learn from international approaches? What can we learn from each other? Well, welcome back, everyone. And we have another episode here of Travel Therapy, where we're focusing this season on mental health stigmas around the world and care support that can be offered to overcome some of these stigmas. And we have with us on this episode an incredible young man with us, just a dynamo individual from Indonesia. Agus Hassani Dayat is a youth disability rights activist. He's currently promoting the rights of persons with psychosocial disabilities in Indonesia. He works with youth with psychosocial disabilities, and he does this through peer support programs, social media campaigns, disability rights advocacy, and all kinds of amazing awareness campaigns. He's also on the country leadership committee at the Global Mental Health Peer Network, and he's a founding member of the Youth Committee of the International Disability Alliance. Agus, we're pleased to have you with us today, and really thank you for your time and sharing with us what happens in Indonesia and what can be shared around the world. Thank you so much for having me. I was wondering if you'd be willing to share with us some of the common mental health stigmas that we, you see in Indonesia. Yeah, uh, I think it's a very interesting topic, and I think it's like endless issue regarding uh, mental health stigma. In my country, uh, some of the most common of stigmas of a person with mental health conditions, or I prefer to say person with psychosocial disabilities, they are portrayed as persons who are less than human, dangerous, incapable, they cannot do anything, uh, they are uh, dependent with the family or a closely related person, uh, they, they are becoming like a burden of the family or even in our uh, community, society and the government. And they, they uh, portray as a person that is unfunctional in the community. And the stigma about person with psychosocial disabilities as one of the big barrier of us to live uh, within the community independently like others, uh, I think the stigma leads to massive uh, discriminations in many uh, aspects of our life from the basic activities such as interact with people, like to go to school, to get a job, to interview to get like opportunity for a job or anything, to participate in a political or other civil rights, and also to participate in legislation or policymaking and many else. And I see that this stigma uh, as a cultural barrier that leads to uh, lots of acts of violence, including inhuman degrading treatment uh, and other cruel treatment that legalize without uh, informed consent in my country. If I understood correctly, and I hope I did, mm -hmm. it was very disturbing. Mm -hmm. You said some kind of illegal treatment and cruel punishment. Did I understand that correctly, that there's mental illness is punished? Actually, as the society and the government thinks that person with psychosocial disability as a burden, they don't have the legal capacity and they see that this person, our communities, as a human with illness that need to be treated, but we don't have the capacity, all the health services that are adequate and enough to support us. So they put us legally in what they call rehabilitation center that acts like a prison they are using chains like any kind of treatment that very uh, they're using violence like chains caging uh, prison like and i think it's just 
being normal in, in my society, in, in my culture, and in my country. And I believe in many parts of the world. It, it is just not in Indonesia, but I think it has happened in a global South country. And I think, and I assume in Indonesia, we have more than 20,000 people who lives within the social care institution that act like detention center that I really like to say that is um, inhuman degrading treatment or punishment. So they have a mental handicap and they are being punished for something that's not their fault. Yeah. Their illness. The interesting things about uh, in my country, when you are doing illegal things and you are being punished by the judgment of the court and because you are doing a criminal, right? And you know when are you going to be released? For example, like you're, you, you have to be in jail for one year. But for a person with psychosocial disabilities, they, they don't know when they are going to be released because they are just abandoned by their families, mostly uh, by our investigation. So yeah, I think it's pretty sad. Uh, so uh, yeah. It's so, a lot to shock me, but you shocked me. I'm, I'm quite amazed that in 2023, people with a mental illness are still being put in chains and punished for their for their illness. Do you feel that that's changing now that you're involved? Do you see change taking place? I'm still trying to be optimistic with uh, what the government do and their planning, but um, I'm, I'm not really sure uh, that it's going to change a lot within five or 10 years because uh, the deinstitutionalization guideline it's not it's not yet adopted in the government and uh, there is a lot of misconception about psychosocial disability and mental health in my country from the society from the community even from the people who work as as a public services in in the government including the ministry as well i, I guess you if i'm you're saying that there's a lot of stigma even amongst professionals amongst government yeah, yeah, society yeah. in general have you been working on anything are you involved in any programs that are helping to alleviate the stigma are you familiar with any that are being done in indonesia yeah, uh, with, with my colleague, uh, we uh, develop an organization of persons with psychosocial disabilities. We do a lot of campaign uh, regarding what is a psychosocial disabilities from the rights approach. It includes uh, about stigma as well. And what we do is also advocating to the uh, government, also internationally by uh, investigating the uh, social care institution that is something like a prison and to write a document and send it to the UPR, like Universal Period Review, in, to the UN or to the CRPD Committee or Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities or to CEDAW or the Convention on the Elimination of, of Forms of uh, Discrimination Against Women, which women with disabilities uh, also left behind within the uh, women's movement issues, I think. It sounds like women are even further discriminated against. Yeah. When they have it harder. How how so? Can you are you able to share any examples? Yeah. Uh, uh, for women uh, who live within uh, the social care institution or what, what I call detention center, they experience a lot of worse treatment. For example, uh, sometimes they are put uh, in the same place with men, and sometimes they get rape or sexual violence. And when they are, when they when they try to report it to the person who works uh, within the social care institutions, 
the person who works there told them that they are just mad person and probably they are just uh, hallucinating or things like that until they are pregnant and the mother who gave birth within the social care institution died uh, or if they are not died, they, they take the baby out of her because they assume that they cannot take care of the baby. But yeah, I think for women with psychosocial disabilities who live within the institution, the forced uh, sterilization and forced contraception is there. So the, the malpractice and the malnutrition and uh, the rights for uh, sexual reproductive for women, especially, is just not there. And it's far from what we call adequate uh, sexual reproductive health need to be massively socialized or disseminated uh, in, in any kind of movement, including for women with psychosocial disabilities. So it sounds like it's horrible. And for women, it's even worse. And they have no rights. It yeah. sounds just unbelievable. I'm, I'm quite shocked. If I can share that, it's, uh, I, I really admire what you're doing to try to change things. It's, uh, it's incredible. Are, are, what are the, like any kind of common misconceptions re- regarding mental health challenges in Indonesia? Like what may be changing or what's not changing that should be changing? What do you see taking place right now? Okay. Uh, sorry, your voice was kind of like a breaking. So if, if I'm not mistaken, so your 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 question is uh, what are some of the common misconceptions in Indonesia regarding right. mental health? Right. 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 Okay. Right. So I think the most uh, misconception uh, in my country, I think, is how we as person with psychosocial disability, as a stakeholders, is how to re- rethink and reframing how we feel and see mental health. Uh, because I think it is crucial because mental health is just not just health problem. It is a social problem. It is political problem. It is human rights problem. It is not enough if we just see from one perspective, which is the medical or health perspective. So uh, we need to hear the perspective from the person who live with the experience itself. It is very essential. Also from uh, other uh, experts such as like society, uh, sociologists, anthropologists, social worker, and other experts. So it's just not from the psychiatrists or clinical psychologists. Uh, secondly, uh, the medical model of, or the paradigm uh, that's, that we still adopted in Indonesia, where we see the person as a problem that needs to be cured just to be normal like others in order to live independently within the community. It's just not solving the problem at all. But instead, we need to remove the barriers, such as cultural barriers, including this stigma, the communication, the information. The the other problem is the psychiatric dominancy, as they often representing us as an expert who knows everything about us uh, in political legislation policy. And as a person with psychosocial disabilities, I think we need to speak about ourselves regarding what we need because we know everything about us. We know what we need and uh, because it's nothing about us without us when it comes to regulations. So uh, in my opinion, uh, we have to adopt and, and implement a human rights model as uh, the way we see rights to health is just one of the problems as we have to 
see uh, other basic rights, such as how about our rights to inclusive education, the reasonable accommodation, rights to work and employment, how the government provides uh, support services that we need, uh, how to fulfill the rights for job, social protection scheme, vocational training, build more independent living center, and others like, I don't know, like many kind of uh, respite care center that we need rather than just build like more our mental hospital that is just segregating and build more stigma for me in my opinion uh, because we want to be accepted as a diversity of people not being excluded we want to be included in the community without judgment so we could have meaningful participation as a subject of development not an object of charity one interesting things that i experienced uh, within my peer support group programs that i run previously i asked to all the participants if the access to, to uh, health services is easy available cheap or free in every island in every corner of the street uh is your problem will be solved and all of them agree that the problem is not because there are stigma there are relationship problems there are government that's still discriminating and there are so many issues about uh, mental health so when it comes to that discussion so we think and we come to the conclusion and how the community is changing from mental illness from we see the mental illness to psychosocial disabilities from public health to inclusive community and inclusive development from treatment to community-based support system that accessible, adaptable, based on our need with zero questions. I think, yeah, it's a very interesting topic that we discussed previously with my fellow friends. In, in You said something interesting that I just don't know if our, everyone listening is aware of. You said on, on the island, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Indonesia has around 17 or 18,000 islands, right? Yes, uh, yes. We are the biggest archipelago country uh, with, with right. 17,000. How, how many of them are inhabited? Like five or 6,000? There's Yeah, 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 yeah. Tremendous amount. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think when people outside of the world they know Indonesia and they think it's a big country, which it is, but, you know, they think of some of the uh, more, the bigger islands that don't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The thing is, I'm not saying that uh, the right to uh, get health services is not a problem. It is a problem when it comes to geographically uh, Indonesia as an uh, as an island country from, uh, or archipelago. So I heard that uh, fellow friends who live in an island, they have to go by boat for four hours just to, to get in touch with medical services. So it's also a big problem, but it's not the only problem. So I think. So this is very interesting topic to to capture, yeah, yeah to, to 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 share because not all country are bilingual. So yeah, right. my uh, See, country might have different challenges when it comes to mental health. You talked a little before about you know the chains and the issues with women in mental health facilities, which I guess you're calling them prisons. What other consequences are there in terms of mental health stigmas in the culture, in the Indo- Indonesian culture that you're finding? Yeah. Uh, the most common consequences of uh, mental health stigmas in in my culture, I think, is a deprivation of liberty and inhuman degrading treatment. Uh, Person with sexual disabilities could forcibly taken into rehabilitation centers, and our uh, rehabilitation center is prison-like or a cage-like. 
we change uh, that I've told you before. And the form of our rehabilitation center could be like a nursing home, mental hospital, traditional healer center, religious boarding school, or others. And during the investigation, we found that chains, rope, tranquilizer, and the malpractices, malnutrition is still there. The sanitation is very bad and the building is way, way, way far from what we call proper. And uh, arbitrary detention is even regulated in our government regulation concerning the implementation of social welfare, which is kind of sad, but true. Which uh, the states, uh, the implementation of the social welfare can be conducted coercively, is legal in, in our regulation. And the practice of this arbitrary detention is already implemented in uh, many regions, uh, in 26 regions, I believe, in Indonesia, by major major regulation like government regulation, region regulation, and in many parts of uh, Indonesia. And I think uh, the main uh, issue or the roots of this issue is, is because of the stigma when person with psychosocial disabilities uh, portrayed as person without having uh, legal capacities or less than human. I think is the main reason of the problem. Wow, pretty amazing. Are there any changes that you can think of that are needed in, in the Indonesian culture and specifically in what you're involved with that could help remove some of the mental health stigmas? You know, sometimes we need to take baby steps that can be done. And you're one person, you work with a few people and are doing amazing, amazing work. But what kind of changes you feel are needed that can be made that you can do that can help? Uh, our culture is very diverse. So when it comes to cultural barrier, it's quite difficult. But I think the main change uh, is legal reform to change the policy uh, with massive campaign and inviting person with psychosocial disabilities in policy making table. I think it's very uh, essential and crucial. Massive campaign to change the public perspective and cultural views could be regulated as well. How media play a big role in building the narrative for persons with psychosocial disabilities, uh, usually that uh, presented as a dangerous, less than human or incapable, is often portrayed uh, in funny and uh, bad way. And sometimes it is including objectifying is there. And I think regarding the change is uh, how to involve the person with psychosocial disabilities or organization of person with uh, disabilities, specifically for person with uh, psychosocial disabilities. And there are actually a lot of things that could be as a baby step to change the system and the stigma. For me, in our law system, uh, informal disappearance of legal capacity should be abolished because it is very common. Um, uh, it affects uh, losing civil rights by uh, the guardianship system or conservatorship uh, system. And even in our criminal code, persons with psychosocial disabilities who are under guardianship, they cannot make report if there is something wrong with the system. Why I say legal reform is crucial because our countries, our government doesn't have the, the, the commitment to abolish the guardianship system in, in our civil code. And uh, it leads to deprivation of liberty, arbitrary detention, and the abolition of physical and mental health requirements uh, and discrimination against, uh, for example, like 
our right to get a job is still there and still regulated. What I would like to emphasize is person with psychosocial disabilities like me is rarely to to, to, to be invited or have to, the opportunity to speak up due to the way the government or the community uh, or the people consider and treat us as a person with a mental illness. And as a young person, they see us as a lack of experience because of the paternalistic culture. And I think it is hard for young people like me with psychosocial disabilities to speak up about our uh, aspiration, our needs to fight for our rights, even in the cross-disability movement itself. Uh, sometimes uh, we are invited in the policymaking table, uh, the policy that will affect our life, but most of the time we are not. And how we could live independently and being included in the community if we, as a young person with mental health condition or psychosocial disabilities, are not invited in the policymaking table where the young person or uh, youth issues, it sounds very charming lately, and they see us as an agent of change, as the future, but they don't invite us to build the future from now. And uh, I think as advocacy and legal reform is extremely essential and crucial because it affects how communities see us our identity and it could lead to the stigmatization of person with psychosocial disability or mental health condition. You know, when you talked before about the that people feel like they're they're treated like they're in jail, how's mental health, mental illness, I should say, portrayed and dealt with within Indonesia's criminal justice system? Like, how is it dealt with there? Right. In our uh, criminal justice system, or or in general, in our law system, informal disappearance of legal capacity is common. It is legal. The majority of Indonesian people believe that persons with psychosocial disabilities do not have the mental capacity. We have to know that from the Article 12 of the CRPD, mental capacity and legal capacity is two different terms. So a person with mental health condition in Indonesia, they are considered as an unable to make a good decision because our minds are considered as insane and our decision often seen as a bad decision that could be dangerous for people, even for us. And this problem is considered normal by the community, by the norm, and it leads to the law system. And in our civil law, persons with psychosocial disabilities must be placed under the guardianship from the family or it is regulated in our civil law. Losing civil rights by the guardianship system leads to removing or abolishing our our rights, our civil rights. For example, like using our identity card, our bank to manage our money, to make a transaction And it leads to many forms of violence, including the inhuman degrading treatment, because they see us that a person that don't have the capacity and incapable. And in, of course, in our new criminal code, we have uh, our new criminal code uh, after probably like a decade in Indonesia, just for information. And person with psychosocial disabilities is still judged by in uh, in our new criminal code by our our identity not by how uh, we do the criminal act so 
a person with a psychosocial disability is, is considered as a person who don't have their legal capacity. And, and there are the article that specifically say that the guardianship or conservatorship could not make refer if there's something wrong with the guardian system. So if I being under, if I put under a guardianship or conservatorship in Indonesia by civil court, by the criminal court, I cannot uh, make a report or make a, how do you call it, like a complaint. So uh, it's pretty sad. And yeah, I think it's just makes me sad. But uh, one thing that uh, we could do is just to judicial first is judicial review that article to the constitutional court, and uh, the second one is to change the narrative or the article to the uh, from from the legislative uh, process. So I think that two things that we could do uh, as an advocate or as an activist that we could do. I guess I, I just want to thank you so much and. I, again, I admire your courage, your resilience. You certainly gave me quite an education on what's happening in Indonesia. I did not realize how bad it is. And, you know, we, we know it's bad in certain places, but it's worse in others. And it makes it that much harder to make change. And I, I have, I've always admired you, but have even more admiration now for really going in depth and, and sharing what's taken place, but maintaining hope and just doing things with incredible dignity. And um, I, I, I want to give you continued strength and however we can help you wherever we are in the world to make change because yeah. change that takes place in one place can affect other places. And it's time sure. that we continue the global change. So true, true, true. Really, really, really admire it. Thank you so much for being with us Thank and sharing. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Travel Therapy. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. See you next time. And until then, be well and take care of yourself so that you can better take care of others.